Hello, wrestling fans. It's Quint Charisma. Hey, that's me. And today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. And today we're going to start off. Uh, we're going to uh, give condolences to uh, family of Mr. Wrestling Number Two. He passed away this week. A uh, true legend of this sport. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Wrestling Two, Johnny Rubberman Walker. Um, probably one of the. If not the top uh, number two in wrestling, you know, usually the uh, the second incarnation of anything isn't isn't as good as the original. But it can even be argued that Mr. Wrestling 2's popularity surpassed that of Mr. Wrestling One Tim Woods. It definitely did in Georgia. Definitely did. Uh, um, and I, I know a lot of guys around the South um, had the opportunity to meet uh, Wrestling Two. I, I did not. Um, but on my uh, on my left bicep, I have a tattoo, and I shared it with some friends of Johnny Walker's today. Um, I call it my wrestling yin yang. It's a uh, it's a tattoo of it's a half masked assassin, half wrestling too. Um, it, man, I respect tremendous amount. He's excellent in the ring, good fiery promo, um, and the practitioner of the million dollar knee lift. Yeah. Uh, He'll be missed, man. He was a uh, he was a fantastic, fantastic pro. Yeah, he had he had, you know he had two careers, you know, uh, starting out as um, as Johnny Walker, you know, and um, and then he um, uh, did the number two wrestling number two gimmick, Mr. Wrestling Number Two, and um, then he really his career just just really took off, and. Um, uh, there's not a lot of 70, there's a little 70s footage out there. Uh, a lot of early 80s uh, Georgia out there of him. But I'm thinking some of his best stuff is actually when he, he turned, he, he was heel, his heel work in um, uh, Watts' territory and Continental. Yeah, uh, Wrestling 2 was a, was a baby face for the majority of his Wrestling 2 career. Yeah. Uh, and until that, that giant heel turn where he made Magnum TA. Yeah, that that's what got that's what got Magnum TA over the Magnum TA over that hump. That was that solidified him right there. That was it. That's what they they were they were they he had it and that was the icing on the cake that put it two two gave him what you know what if it wasn't for two I don't think it he still he would have been there but I think it would took longer maybe but I think that with him and two that just that that's what you know. That's yeah, that's that was what was missing from Magnum. That and he just learned, you know, and uh, two. Like I said, he's babyface all those years, you know, and uh, but that stuff, yeah, and that stuff's out there. If you get a chance, go look at up. That's good stuff, you know. Yeah, and I, I know I say this a lot, especially when we talk about legends, but he's one that you know young guys should study. Yeah, so. well, let's do his promos, his interviews. Uh, so, so fired up, so believable. He wasn't extremely over the top. No, it, it was. Well, and you know, he 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 talked sensible, smooth. But when he had to get fired up, he could get him. He could get fired up and deliver it. Perfect. You know, he knew yeah. how to do it. He knew how to do it. You know, yeah. So it's uh, uh, like I said, I never met him either. And uh, but now it's just uh, it's another legend gone. Um, uh, but uh, rest in peace, number two. We'll miss you. Absolutely, it's that day, and condolences out to his friends and family. Uh, he'll definitely be missed. 
but we don't like to start things out slow here on the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. We want to keep things upbeat. So with that being said, yellow again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma. By golly, we're smack dab along ringside. And son of a gun, we are ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. That's right. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got some pretty good show today. It's a, it's a good one. It is um It's a different one. It's entertaining to say the least. It's very yeah. it's, it's very entertaining in spots. Um a uh, couple of spots I really didn't care for and kind of really got irritated about some stuff, but uh, but some the, the return of a guy, a legend in Memphis just made it made this show just happy. It, it made me so happy because this was it's awesome. As soon as I heard his name on the rundown, which we'll get to momentarily, I got excited. I texted you less than a month ago talking about watching tape of this man. Yes, you did. And how I I didn't realize, I'd heard how good he was, and I'd seen the little stuff of him, but I didn't realize just how good he was. Oh, so underrated. Man, he was so good. All right, so uh, it's a show number 24 for us. As always, we're doing the CWA Memphis TV show. It's uh, June 13, 1987, Evansville Feed, so it means it was taped in June, on June 6, 1987 in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we start out with about three seconds of uh, the music. Uh, it goes straight to uh, Lance and Dave at the desk. Lance with the intro. I, I think he did. he do it at Lanceism? I'm trying to remember. Uh, he, he did a couple throughout the day. Yeah. Throughout the day. I uh, think he was just, he I, just really, uh, he just, you could tell he was really, um, he was really looking forward to this this show, you could tell. Yeah, he, he, he was excited. Uh, I think there was a Yowza somewhere in the yeah. show. Uh, I believe there was a Wowee, which popped me pretty hard. Yeah. Um, you always know when Lance is excited. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, pitches over to Dave. He goes down for today's, uh, lineup. Uh, opening match is uh, Billy Travis and Mark Starr against uh, Jack Hart and Keith Roberson. Uh, and then says we'll have Mr. Shima in a match and the returning Phil Hickerson. Yes, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> P.Y. Chew High himself. Well, in a later incarnation. Yeah. Actually, uh, a little over a year later. Little, yeah. A year, almost a year and a half later. So it's kind of this is kind of like the uh, pre uh, PYU, I guess you want to call it. Anyway, um, then we got uh, in the main event today. Uh, time limit, whatever they call, what, how they say that. I always mess it up. <laughs> Expiration of time match. There you go. Thank you, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka against Jeff Jarrett and Bill Dundee. And then uh, Lance says, we're going to talk about one of the bizarre stories we've ever heard with Big Bubba. And they cut the break. And they aren't lying about bizarre with this Big Bubba story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. It's, uh, I remember all this happened because I remember um, this show, the, uh, this card is for the loop, for this part of the loop, the... Uh, Nashville, Louisville, Evansville loop. I went to this show because I remember it. Uh, anyway, so come back to the studio. Lance is standing. Oh, me. This is one of the points I talked about I really didn't care for. He's standing. Out comes Lawler. And Lance interviews. going to interview Lawler. 
He comes out, he's wearing a Lawler t-shirt with it, uh, the neck cut out of it. And um, Lance talks about, he likes, he says that he likes that shirt he's got on. And it looks like a cape or something. <laughs> Somebody cape. And Lawler's like, uh, oh, we'll get you one, Lance. $14. And I was thinking, you're not funny, dude. <laughs> and he says, oh, he's just joking. He says, we'll give you a special deal, Lance. I guess what's that mean, $10? It's not free. It's a you get the discount. Okay, to me, Lawler come off like a total prick in this thing, a d bag. He, he really did. Well, it doesn't help that he's doing this whole "I wear my sunglasses inside" thing. Yeah. Um, now he is starting to, to morph into the Lawler look that I've always really enjoyed—the bearded Lawler. Yeah. But this whole sunglasses inside thing, I, I get what he's trying to go for. He said the the old Lawler is going to come back. Yeah. But man, he just. The people still love him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're still reacting for him, but he's just, you're right. He's coming off like a D-bag. Yeah, because he comes up, he says, uh, he, uh, there's going to be a, a tournament coming up. And he asks Lance if he mentioned it. Lance says, no. He says, <laughs> he says, should I just stand here and wait for you to, to mention it then? And I was like, dude, what a douche, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Lance says just a little about it, and Lawler... Cuts him off. Yeah, cuts him off and says it himself. Yeah, talks about how uh, how they've, uh, they they hurt Chick Donovan and how they've had to strip the t uh, Southern Tag t titles away from him. And he even buries... Uh, oh, gosh, I forgot his name now. The guy over the AWA. Uh, Stanley Blackburn. Yeah. yeah, he says he's kind of the guy who you know, runs the wheels up there or whatever, yeah. Yeah, he was just being a douchebag. And uh, it talks about how they're going to have a tournament, and uh, uh, AWA was wanting to have the uh, Southern Tag Team Champions up up north, was it Chicago, I think, for a, yeah. a show during the summer, and and they uh, there was no champions, and so they're going to have to, I don't know, blah, 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 you know. I, don't even, I think, I, uh, what was that show they used to have? I guess it was a Super Clash. I guess that was Super Clash 2. I guess that's what they were talking about. I guess, maybe? Um, no, uh, I remember watching some old AWA on ESPN, the, uh, on ESPN Classic, uh -huh. when it would come on, and I, I remember seeing uh, a tag match, actually, with, with Dundee and Lawler in it up there. So no, they I'm would saying, have, no, the big they show. They would have people come in. No, I'm saying, no, I ain't saying, I'm talking about the big show. Was it the Super Clash? Because they had a, I'm no one was with Flair and them, and then three was with Lawler against Von Erich in 88. So was this Super Clash 2 that they were talking about? Oh, well, well if, that, if that timeline lines up, then yeah, it was probably Super Clash 2. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. If this yeah. was a big show, yeah. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a big show, that's what they were saying. And uh, uh, so I'm, that's what I'm assuming, it's uh, a Super Clash show. So uh, so we tell you talk about that, and... Uh, it's like he wanted to bury Chick Donovan, but he didn't want to. So I was like, hmm. Uh, and then after they get done, <laughs> this is made me laugh. Uh, they get done talking about it. And uh, Lance says, said, hey, Jerry, your hair's looking great. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Uh... That's a little dick there. Lawler looked, looked at no soda, and you can tell I think Lawler got pissed about it. Well, yeah, because I think Lawler followed that up with, 
hey, can I come out here and talk more later? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was playful digging or, you know, if there was a little, little I, agitation there. I think Lance was getting back at him at that little comment earlier where you used me to stand here and wait on you or whatever, that little, you know, earlier. I think Lance was kind of digging back at him on it. <laughs> yeah, that was a... That was a bit of an awkward moment. Yeah, it was just weird. <laughs> All right, so um, they uh, cut to the ring. Gravis, Billy Travis, Mark Starr against Keith Roberson and Jack Hart. Uh, Paul Lee's with Jack Hart, but he's not on the graphic. Referee's Jerry Calhoun. Uh, Mark Starr and, and Billy Travis have music this week. Yeah, what was the music? I, they it's, didn't get to anything on the lyrics of the song, but I was familiar with the intro. It's Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so they got music. I was like, hey, look at there. Um, um, and they both have jackets. They don't match, but they both have jackets. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, they're getting there. Um, Travis and Hart start out nice opening spot. Really nice opening spot. Uh, oh yeah, it's topped off with like that giant sunset flip. Oh my gosh, I know. And a really nice arm drag. I mean, two really good wrestlers in there. Um, I still think Jack Hart's not long for this world, just because they got rid of Shake Donovan so quick. But I may be wrong on that. I don't think he's. I don't think he was around much longer. I, from what I can remember, yeah, I don't think he was. Um, Travis took up the heels on a trip to Hip Toss City. Yeah, they did the revolving door hip tosses on the heels. Uh, Polly says Dundee spent $6,545 on the credit card before he could get it stopped. And yeah, so he bought somebody a coat, and then he bought this, bought me plane tickets to all the towns. Yeah, and he said uh, Evansville, Louisville, poor Nashville got left out. <laughs> well, he, he lives in Nashville. That was the return flight. Okay, go. Yeah, they, makes, they were all round trip. Gotcha. <laughs> makes sense. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fur coat. I was like, fur coat. It must have been for for Beverly Dundee. Were they still together then? I don't. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, oh uh, yeah, they talked about that. Uh, Star come in with a big. You see that drop kick? Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it was great that they placed it there because we start the heat moments later The Star going for another one and uh, Jack Hart holds on to the ropes and, and Mark Star eats it. And, hey, Mark Star didn't like, throw that little back bump like I was going to throw a drop kick and banged my head. He went just like he was going to hit Jack Hart right in the face with it. Dude, he, man, when he landed, for me I thought he was going to land on his head. He landed on his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still, I'm sure it didn't feel good. And, uh, there's the mandatory air conditioning cut on. <laughs> yeah, well, it, hey, man, it's hot. Hey, I don't blame you. I said, I don't worry about it. Hey, I got my fan on. That's something. I noticed when we were checking the sound, it had a little fuzzy thing for my fan. It's 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 too hot for fat guys to be sitting here talking no no air. <laughs> uh, that's it. But, yeah, that, that oh. man, that star gets up. Oh, did you notice the little ponytail Mark Starr had? Uh, yeah, I did. That was so, oh, man. I was like, dude, come on. I, I noticed another little ponytail here later in the show, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Jack Hart hit a really nice hangman's neckbreaker. I hate that move, but it hurts. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's hit it, it a couple great. times. He's hit it a couple times, hasn't he? Yeah. And then right after, which uh, the little bit the Roberson got in, 
right after Rosen comes in and does one, a, a like crappy swinging neckbreaker. Uh, it wasn't bad for Roberson though. I mean, yeah, but it's like after that beautiful English oh, neckbreaker. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. And I see what you're saying. Back to back, it's like hey, yeah. But then did you <laughs> did you see when um uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> he tags Roberson back in and uh, he's holding Star down and <laughs> he's, he tells Roberson to drop the elbow on him. And he's like, you can tell Roberson had dropped it on that side. So he kind of like, did you see it was awkward looking? I, I didn't know it was an elbow. It looked so weird. Yeah, because uh, so Star, I mean, uh, Hart was holding, still holding him. And I was like, all right, he does it from the, he's like, I can, I'm just waiting. I can only throw my, I can only, when I was, I was only could throw elbow with one, one of my, one, one of my arms. I, I, I was, I just couldn't do it with, with either one. Oh, oh yeah, my, my my right side elbow is beautiful. My left side, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. That's why I am. So yeah, it was like really, it was so awkward looking. And then um, <laughs> Star just uh, stops uh, stops selling, um, and power slams Roberson. Tags A weird power slam too. Yeah. Tags in uh, Travis. He comes in, slams, uh, hits the. Billy Bomb for the pin. <laughs> and then Star comes... Hart comes in and just stops. And Star comes flying over to cut him off. And I don't think Hart knew he was going to... He just closed on him like takes him down. <laughs> I don't think Hart was expecting that. <laughs> Did you notice how he went down? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was real, real awkward. Yes. Um, well, and I, I hate it too when it's a breakup and like they're not even going toward the pile. Yeah. You know, it, I, I understand what they're trying to do. It's like I think Star was late on it because he 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 came in and he had to stop. I think uh, hey, I think Star was late on on, on the, the cutoff there. Hart's <laughs> hey, lucky he could have decided to throw another drop kick to his face. Oh yeah, that's true. Gosh, but yeah, so that was a good little match. I mean, um, yeah, they're pretty much they. Uh, uh, Hart's push is pretty much over. I don't. Like yeah. I, said, I don't remember him being there that much longer. Uh, they cut the break. Go to Lance with the Evansville uh, card for the uh, Wednesday night, June seventeenth, nineteen eighty-seven, Evansville Coliseum show. Bruno's already sitting there. Mutton Dog walks up. And he walks right in front of the camera. Uh, Bruno plugs the Jeff Jarrett Moon Dog Spot Hair versus Belt match. So, yeah, so we know Jeff Jarrett won the Mid-American title yeah, back. Yeah, so we know it's out of place, so we know he won the belt <laughs> and didn't lose his hair. So now the, the, the now it's uh, on Moondog's hair against Jeff's belt this time. Uh, he walks out. Polly comes in, takes the mic from uh, Lance and intros Idol. Uh, Idol plugs the Lawler uh, uh, match for the Southern title. Have they like worked in Evansville for the Southern Tide like a hundred times? Uh, it, it's definitely been a lot. They've had uh, like every gimmick match in the world besides a cage match, haven't they? <laughs> I mean, the one cage match they had. Well, that was in Memphis, but I'm talking about in Evansville. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like they um, always had gimmick matches. I, and I, you know, Idol refuses to be the cowardly heel of Lawler. You ever oh, noticed that? No, I know. I put on there. I said Idol the with the uh, the uh, the uh, Typical idol, um, you know, 
I'm healing, I'm gonna beat you, Lawler, you're nothing, Lawler, you don't scare me, you know. The one, basically the same interviews gave every time for the uh, every time they've had a match in Evansville. <laughs> yeah, he he always says, "I want you in the ring." Yeah. Or if it's a gimmick match, I ask for this yeah. match. Yeah, he, he, he knew how to keep himself over. Yes, he did. <laughs> so like I said, it was a good interview. It, you know, it's it's idle. I mean, he's not going to go out there and throw, uh, throw an egg interview out there. So um, no other matches. Mount, 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 matches announced. The cut back to the studio. <laughs> This is where the good, this is the good, this is where the fun happens. Good fun. Lance is standing there. Out comes Tojo Shima. Then behind him, here comes the man, Phil Hickerson. Yeah, baby. And for, for those of you who don't know Phil Hickerson, well, A, you should look him up and educate yourself. But B, Phil Hickerson does not, if he were to get into wrestling today, he wouldn't do anything. He has no body. He's hot-bellied. A big raw bone guy, but big old belly, big chest. He's balding, bearded. He's older by this point. Yeah, yeah, he's in um, his forties. But he's but he's also one of those brothers who I don't think ever looked young. No, yeah, I was gonna say because um, uh, he got in the business. I he, I want to say he was mid twenties maybe when he got actually got in into wrestling, and he looked old. He looked like in his mid to late thirties then. Um, when he got and, in, he's hard he's living. Wearing, <laughs> and he's wearing red tights and a trucker cap. No, it was orange. Was it, was it, was it orange? Yeah. Uh, but it, so it's fantastic. Uh, Lance does his normal, oh, Phil, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, you rarely see him. Phil's not playing heel. <laughs> uh, Phil looks at Lance and goes, come on, Lance. And he's got a real thick southern draw, which makes it even better. Yes. And, and he's like, why don't we start thinking positive? Here, let's try this again. <laughs> he goes back to the entrance, turns around, and goes, hey, Lance, how you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> this was classic, man. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. And, you know, Lance, of course, he's like, well, we're glad to have you back, but we wish you weren't with Tojo. And Phil is back for the money. He talks about how you know, when he broke into wrestling, you know, he was making two, three hundred dollars a night, and now those people sign a million dollar contracts. So he's back in the area for the money. Which, you know, anyone who knows the history of Memphis payoffs, eh, he's not making gonna make a million bucks. But whatever. Well he's probably, uh, well, I'll tell you right now, he's making less money in eighty seven than he was in seventy seven. Oh, probably. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, he's making, because man, he was a top especially uh from seventy five till well they left they worked Memphis uh, and the Continental Territory, uh, South Asian, I mean. You know, they went back and forth, him and uh, um, Conjury, uh, for, you know, four years there. They were basically the top team in the South. Um, so they were making really good money. So, yeah, he, so he was made, he, he, he was saying, you know, two, one, two, three hundred dollars a night. I believe that back in the 70s because they were, they were top, they were top tag team. Yeah, but my favorite one, I have two favorite quotes of this, this interview, and, and Phil has, has a fantastic delivery. Yes. Um, and, and he talks about he didn't have no problem with Tojo. He doesn't have no problem with Mr. Shima. And Mr. Hilo, well, Hilo took a high-low back to Japan, and, and Phil's back for a big payday. <laughs> I know what he said. I just died. Because he's, see, here's the thing. Phil is so funny. And, he, well, he his well, he comes across at it, and then when you got Dundee out there trying to be funny, it's like night and day. Because 
feel it just comes off natural. Dundee, you can tell he's trying to be funny, you know? Yeah, uh, Phil's got that. He's that. It, this is what Phil Hickerson reminds me of. Uh, if you ever live in a country town, you got that corner store, and there's always, you know, older people who sit out yep. there early in the morning, and there's always that one guy that's just really funny, and he's always got a one liner. That, that's Phil Hickerson. Yes. Well, um, you think about it, he, he owned that bar in Jackson forever, so I mean, that's just natural, you know? But yeah. hey, people, I'm going to tell you right now before I forget, go watch uh, the summer of 88 Memphis. His run, when Phil had the Southern title, his run when he's with the Stud Stable, you talking about funny. Oh my gosh. Oh, best. That that summer run there, oh, it was awesome. He was, oh, he was so funny. But go ahead. <laughs> he's fantastic. And like I said, he's not playing heel. He's talking about this whole thing as a business arrangement. And he says, you know, all my fans love me. Hell, everybody loves a fat boy. Yeah, he said everybody loves a fat boy. I died, man. And they popped. It did. Like, that's the thing. Like, the fans didn't. Like, they were weird at first. You know, they didn't. Well, they see, still drew them in. Well, see, when he was there last in uh, 85, maybe, uh, or I, I don't know if he made it in 86, but his last run there, he was babyface. So, yeah, so they're used to him. And like I said, he, like you said, he he was not healing at all. He was just being Phil. <laughs> yeah, but I like that man because like yeah. if they last see you as a babyface and you come back and all of a sudden I hate you people. Yeah, yeah. Well, six months ago you loved us. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but then we get into Tojo talking, <laughs> and this is funny for all sorts of different reasons. You know, I'm, let me cut you off. Uh, I'll forget it if I don't, because my brain's so. Mush nowadays. Um, I think Lance Lance loves his, loves him and Tojo. I, they I like I think they really get in. They like their back and forth banter. I oh, think, I, I believe so too. I think they really enjoy doing it with each other. Go ahead. <laughs> oh no, I, I I agree, and you can tell because Tojo immediately just starts poking Lance with the stick, right? Yeah. Not, not poking him. He's laying it in a yeah. little bit. The, the whole time's like. Tojo, will you stop hitting me with that stick? And it's funny, the promo, his broken English is so bad. Yeah, that's what makes it so good. (laughs) And then he's talking like a thousand miles a minute. The only thing I can understand, and this is the ironic part of the promo, the only thing I can understand besides a a burden here or there is Tojo saying, do you understand? (laughs) I got, well, I got, when he was doing it, he said, uh, He's going to beat Tony Burton like a dead coward dog with his stick this time. Oh, also, I put down here, I said, when, when Phil Hickerson was talking, Shima was over there trying not to laugh. Did you notice that? He had his hand up on his mouth a couple times, and he was turning his head. He was trying not to laugh when Hickerson was talking. I know, I didn't notice <laughs> yeah, that at all. Shima was trying not to laugh. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's funny laugh. I mean, yeah, I mean he's a heel, he's supposed to, but I was... <laughs> I was like, I kept noticing, because he'd see him, and he, he kept moving a lot, and I saw his hand, a couple times his hand was up by his mouth, I was like, he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> hey, real, so, real quick, and not, uh, it has nothing to do with this, uh, this show, well, I mean, kind of, so, Mr. Shima was a Kiyosato? A Kiyosato, uh, yeah, Kiyosato. So, he was the one who managed, uh, Jinsei Sasaki? Yes. Okay, so I, I literally just listened to a podcast about the first In Your House pay-per-view 
Okay. And they were talking about that, and Bruce brought up Akio Sato, and I'm like, I wonder if that's the same guy. Yeah. So he was kind of the liaison there for a, lo- a while for WWE. Yeah, he, yeah, he was. He worked. Man, he worked a long time. Um, yeah, because he worked Kansas City after Memphis, didn't he? He worked Kansas City off and on a lot. His, his wife was was it Betty Nicole, old women's wrestler from the seventies. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, he married. So, so he was pretty. He was living in the states pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he uh, he was back and forth uh, between Memphis, uh, uh, Kansas City. You know, he worked at all the territories, and uh, he was the he was the go to guy for a while for to bring the. Uh, the young boys over and stuff for gotcha. different territories and stuff. So, uh, okay. So I, I didn't realize, like, you know, I, I knew obviously he did some stuff in Memphis and other places, but I, I didn't realize the reach he would end up having in the business. Yeah. He actually, I'm trying to think. He, he was pretty much all Japan, correct? I'm pretty sure it was all Japan, yeah. So, so he's yeah. kind of like the Tiger Hattori of all Japan there for a while. Yeah. He, he was the guy that, you know, brought the young boys over. It, they've sent the young boys over to him. Over here, there for a while. Right on. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, I want to say so that, that's why he could afford to work the low paying territories. Yeah, because he's getting, probably getting a kickback from the Japanese. Oh yeah, that was too. part of it because you know, uh, you know, he take them to Memphis, uh, you know, Kansas City, and I, I'm I don't know if they went to Southwest or not. I'm trying to remember. I have to look, but anyway, um, I did I did see uh, a result. I want to say it was like 77, 78. He was actually in Florida. Um, I think, I think he, so. He's been he'd been leasing the state since the late seventies. So he'd been around a long time. That, that's crazy how you see a journeyman who, you know, never did that I know of did anything huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't see Mr. Shima as a as a top guy a lot of places. Yeah. Um, but he has such a reach in the business. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. He, he impacted a lot of careers. Yeah, well, there's a lot of guys like that, back, you know, from the six, uh, 70s and 80s, early yeah. 80s, you know. But, yeah. I just think that's a real cool thing about wrestling, how you can just be a journeyman, yeah. but you can help so many other people and still, while still making your living, you're yeah. impacting wrestling. That's cool. All right, so they uh, they go to the ring. It's Mr. Shima, Phil Wilkerson with Tojo. No graphic for Tojo. Uh, I don't think any of the managers got graphics today. Uh, Kyle and Jeffrey, they're going against John Paul Bixler. Um Shima and Paul start off. Shima just starts pounding on him. He tags Phil in. He gives him a big flying elbow, man. And that was his finish at one point. Was it? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, that flying back elbow was his finish for a little while. And they, they, um, and so I thought the match was over right then. And then well, I know. I think they realized that John Paul's the one that can work. We need to get the other kid in here. So they just throw he just uh, Shima just throws John Paul over into the corner to tag Sigler in, <laughs> and he just cuts it. Shima just cuts him off. <laughs> Bill Hickerson hits a gourd buster. Hey, sandbagged him a little bit on that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't the best post, but I mean that's you don't see a gourd buster in Memphis. Yeah, you do. It's a, then, that's the first time I ever saw one was in Memphis. Do you? How often do you see it? You don't see it a lot. No, because see, Dutch Mantel was doing them back in oh, was what, like '85. Yeah. Oh wow! Does that predate double A? Um, I don't know. Because Arn swears he invented it. He might have, but I'm, I first. I'm saying first time I saw it was like '85. Uh, Dutch did it. So immediately after the Gore Dust Rusty, though, Hickerson's big butt takes a backdrop. Yeah, I put on here. Hickerson loved to bump. 
He loved taking big bumps for for a big guy. He it, he he always he he, he loved it. He, you know, it's one of those. I think he he just because you know he, he he always was like that. Even older later in age, he'd still you know take a bit, at least a big one big bump a match. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it was out of place and it makes sense. But I think he just wanted to to take. Well, it, 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 led, it led into the finish because it was uh it, it was a it was a, a mini comeback. <laughs> Ziegler shoots him into the corner, comes charging. Hickerson gives him a big boot, and then just decapitates him with a leg drop. <laughs> no, he just like says, "I don't care." Bam! <laughs> his, his boot drilled old Bucky Ziegler right in the head. <laughs> it yeah, it, it, it was Snugsky, but so was that leg drop. That leg drop. It had a weird like whipping action to it. It was just like he just plopped that. <laughs> Well, yeah, he took a back bump as well. Yeah. But he still dropped the leg on him. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just like I don't care, bam. <laughs> and, and and that was it. Yeah, was well, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> then they got out of the ring and uh, basically mouthed it, Lance a couple words on the way back, and um, they cut the break. And uh, they got Lance uh, with Evansville card. Uh, he plugs the Owensboro sh uh, show for June. 18th, which would have been the following night after this, after the uh, Evansville show, they give them the whole uh, the whole card on this one. You wanna you wanna run it down for me? Or you sure. Me we got a kendo stick match, <laughs> uh, Tojo Yamamoto and Tom Burton. Which I don't know what a kendo stick match is. So we've had a kendo stick on a ladder. Yeah. Um, is this a match where oh, they both start with kendo sticks? Yeah, yeah. Or? They I think later in the show they said they both start with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if they don't do a Star Wars spot to begin with. Uh, we get international heavyweight title Bill Superstar Dundee defending against Mr. Shima. Uh, we got a grudge six-man tag. Paul Diamond, Pat Tanako, and Downtown Bruno versus Big Bubba, Billy Travis, and Mark Starr. A no time limit, no disqualification. Hair versus title match for the Mid-America Heavyweight Championship. Jeff Jarrett versus Moondog Spot. And a Southern Heavyweight title match Austin Idol defends against Jerry the King Lawler. That's it. Five so matches. we got a five-match five card. Yeah, that's a good solid card. Uh, it's definitely a good solid card. Um, we've, been, we've seen six and seven-match cards in the past of uh, this review, but with less star power. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a pretty solid card. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good little card there. I mean, you got you, you got that first gimmick match on there, but besides that, but that, it's got a storyline going with it too. So it may, you know, it's, so you say okay, you know, you got that, but well, yeah, and, and they all have a gimmick of some sort because I consider yeah. a title match a gimmick. Yeah. So it's not just a cold match. So yeah, I mean, it's everything good. has a rhyme reason of something. Yeah, it's, to good, it. it's a good little card. It's solid, really solid. So and, and, then we, and then we break from this into the awkward. Oh my gosh! Look, I'm back to Lance and Dave at the desk. Uh, they talk about the incident with Bubba, and they have a video. They talk a little bit about it, saying how. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, Bubba didn't make his booking last week. Yeah, and, and Lance talks about how Bubba's always been reliable, even though he don't see eye to eye. Yeah, but he's he know, he's always been reliable. He always shows up for his bookings and and always there, dependable. And he didn't make it, and um, and he says that. Uh, Bubba told him story, and he, and, and he said they had a video they wanted to show with um, Randy Hales. <laughs> so, um, 
This is weird. Yeah. But when I, people say Memphis did some weird stuff, normally I try to defend Memphis. I can't defend Memphis. No, I, I got it in my notes at the end. I was I was going to talk about it. We can talk about it now after we talk about it. It's up to you. Um, <laughs> either, either or. Okay. And so, basically, the, the sum of the story is, uh, and this is a way too long Yeah, it's video. like 15 minutes total from, uh, from when they come to Lance and Dave at the desk start talking about till when they come back and end it. It's almost like a 15 minute, at least 10 minutes total. It's long. It is really long. So, Bubba says at some point he was knocked out and taken to a to a random cabin in the middle of the woods outside of Hazard, Kentucky. Yeah. He was tied up, bound and gagged. Yeah. Had a lump on his head. <laughs> on the back of his head. So, this, this whole interview is it's Bubba trying to fill time telling you the story. And they're dri- they they're in Bubba's Jeep and they drive out somewhere in Tennessee because I know they there's no one in the world they went to Hazard Kentucky. It's probably probably the backside of uh, Jerry Jarrett's land in Harrisonville before he sold it all off and they built houses and stuff on it. But uh, they go drive in, in his Jeep and finally they they get up, they go up four wheel drive up this little hill and then they says as far as it goes so they start a walk. Did you know when they started walking, Randy Hales almost fell? <laughs> oh, yeah. So they, they, they do this wide shot of them walking away. And you've seen Beyond the Map, I assume. Yes. You know the scene when Terry Fong yeah. walks away after the conversation with Dennis Stamp yeah. and he stumbles? Yeah. I was waiting for it. Yeah. But he, and then he noticed when they got into the weed part, he had his hand on Bubba's back in case he fell. I was like, you know, they should have, it's like, Randy Hales is not the most. <laughs> uh, well, and, and Randy's in a suit. They could have let him dress down. I this. know, that's what I understand. It's like, why did, why <laughs> well, at least he took his jacket off. I was like. <laughs> when they go to the creepy abandoned cabin. Yeah, and I put, I put, <laughs> I put on here, that cabin was one of the Jets' rental properties. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some bad things about their rental properties through the years, but I don't know if they're true or not. You know, but I, that was a joke because I don't want nobody to say, ah, he's on there making fun of St. Jared's land. Uh, was a slum lord. I don't know. But anyway, it was a joke. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I put on there it's one of Jared's rental properties. Yeah, it's like an unfinished cabin out in the middle of the woods. It's been ransacked uh, and, you know. Yeah, and, and they have, a, you know, a torn up piece of rope. They're like, this is the rope that held me down. <laughs> and he said, he, he said he, um, Sawed on it to get out all oh, like a, a night, a whole day and a night or something. And so he's never been scared or nothing in his life. And and then I was like, and I was just, I don't know, it just come off to like, you know, I know it's Memphis. This would have worked back in the 70s, early 80s. This is 87. This is too hokey, you know. He's talking about he could have, you know, they want him, they left him there to die. And I was thinking, 87, you, you can't get away with this. And this is like, you know, you know, then they, then they cut, when they go back to the thing, um, when Bruno comes out there and Tanaka and Diamond and Bruno's, you know, saying that he had nothing to do with it and all this and that. And then Lance goes, he goes, well, Eddie Marlin's investigating this, and I'm thinking, it's 1987, it'd be the police investigating, not Eddie Marlin. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that's the craziness, because in the 
I, I will give one saving grace to this. Um, with the crap he was given, Bubba did a pretty good job uh, of, of selling it. Yes, he did really good. Talked really good. Yeah, he did a great job of, of trying to get this farting church over, you know? Yeah, um, but I mean, he makes the comments like, you know, there's not enough evidence. Bro, if they threw you, in, if they beat you up and threw you in a cabin, there's fingerprints everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, seventies would have worked. Early eighties, you know, pushing it. Eighty-seven now, not even in Memphis, you know. But yeah, burn on them. They, they, they missed a great opportunity to recreate the four flat tires angle from Georgia. Well, see, here's the thing. I put this in my notes. Uh, I think the, the way they kind of went this direction is they've been doing too many uh, through. Uh, like every year, they've been. Do, and I remember they even did it last the year before. They did the whole uh, they've the old uh, run off the road, the flat tires, you know, uh, mess with the car. They've done did that like every year, sometimes twice a year. So it's, it, that had been really played out in Memphis. So I think they try to go a different angle, and I think they just went a little too far with it. You know? Yeah, it it, it was nonsense, and then. You know, and we have we have Lance basically interrogating Bruno, um, and I was wondering how they were going to play this. Um, and I think they played it the only semi-logical way that they could. Bruno denies, obviously, yeah. um, and, and then says, "If it gets brought up again, he'll sue." Yeah, <laughs> they said he'll sue any bummer who is. He's gonna sue him. <laughs> it was just, yeah, this part. A, it dragged on. Yeah, it was just, it was, like I said, it was like 10, 15 minutes total, you know. And, and Bruno and them, they really, it's hard to, you know, what do you, there's nothing really to add to it, but just go out there and deny it. It was kind of funny saying Bubba got liquored up and probably ran off the road. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know. And, and Bruno, Bruno did his best at selling it, yeah. too. He's real serious That's about what I'm saying. They, they, the, they did the, the best. Paul Diamond started talking. Yeah, and saying that Bubba was scared to face the a team, the quality of a team of them. Yeah, yeah. But. And, and also, I noticed a, a ponytail. Um, I, I guess this video is a better quality than some of the other ones we've had. Mm -hmm. Paul Diamond has quite the rat tail. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty epic. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a long drawn out. I shot bath. They had good intentions. It just. It just, it wasn't good. They cut the break, come back, Lance is standing out, comes Jeff Jarrett uh, for an interview. Um, I didn't really put much down there because it's basically the same thing. Talks about how Spot Scudder is putting up, basically they're switched around. It's about all really put Yeah, down. and Jarrett stumbled through this one. This, yeah. You know, Jarrett has been improving, but this one, I don't know, it, it didn't flow. He couldn't get the words out. Yeah, so I didn't really put much down. Uh, so they go to the ring. It's Jeff Jarrett, Billy Travis. I mean, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, Bill Dundee against um, Paul Diamond, Pat Tanaka, Bruno with no graphic. And we have like 20 minutes left. <laughs> so I, I'm yeah. like, hey, we're going to get a 20 minute match. They're going to put in work. Yeah. This match well, made me mad. Yeah, it should have. Dundee, so starts off, Dundee runs in, chases Bruno. Bruno powders out the other side. He runs over and, and gets in Pat Tanaka's face and just kills their heat from the very beginning. They're the top tag team. He's getting all up in their face, killing their heat. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You know? I mean, 
Yeah, I, I've noticed every time Dundee's about as bad as Lawler. Yeah. Uh, anytime Dundee's in the ring, it, it's all strutting and making people look bad. Well, I got I, I got all that. I got account. I got counts. <laughs> uh, I, I know there was at least five struts. Uh, you may, there may have been more. I know there was at least yeah. five. So uh, Dundee and Tanaka start. Uh, he does a big bill out of the corner. Uh, then we get uh, the first strut of the day. Uh, he punches Pat. Then we get the second strut of the day. Big bat drop on Pat. Uh, Jeff Jarrett comes in. Uh, he bumps Pat around. Uh, then Jeff Jarrett slides out and chases Bruno while Dundee comes off the top rope with a double axe handle on Pat Tanaka. I'm like, what the crap? This is, you know. Then Paul Diamond in. Uh, do some... Him and Dundee do some wrestling. Um, yeah, and there was a dance after that, right? They do the amateur wrestling spot, and then the Dundee and then does he, his little hip yeah, shake. Yeah, so then we get the first hip shake of the day by Dundee. Yeah, the Honky Tonk Man special. Yeah, then uh, then we get then he does they do something, and then we get the third strut of the day, and the second hip shake of the day. Dundee finally starts selling for the heels. Uh, they get heat on Dundee. I, I, it didn't take one flat back bump. Let me throw that out okay. there. I timed it. The heat on Dundee was 30 seconds. Then he hot tagged to Jeff. Jeff come in, bumping the heels. Uh, Dundee back up. Then we're a four-way. Dundee hits a crossbody. Hits, hits the Dundee crossbody on Pat Tanaka. Bruno in. Breaks it up for the DQ. Um, so wait, I, I didn't catch that. So Dundee wasn't even the legal man, but he had to hit the finishing move. Oh, that's right. And go back. Yeah. Hot tag comes in. Jeff bumps the heels. Going to four-way. Dundee hits the Dundee cross body on Tanaka. Goes for the cover. It's Memphis. <laughs> that's, a, that's all you look at. It's Memphis. Uh, yeah. Bruno comes in. Well, he comes in and kicks him off. So I, did, I can't remember. Did Calhoun even go down for a count? I can't remember if he did. No, no, no. Cal Calhoun was still standing. Okay. Um, he, that's right because he, he turned Dundee, around. Dundee no sells it. Yeah, because he turned around. That's right because he turns around and sees Dundee. I mean, uh, Bruno come in and kick Dundee. Yeah, Dundee hump jumps up. Bruno jumps over the top to get out. Dundee catches it and it looks like he kicked him in the mouth. Uh, Dundee, did he kick Bruno in the mouth? Yeah, because he was holding on to Bruno. And yeah, he, he had Bruno by the ankle. Bruno went to jump over the top yeah. rope and Dundee caught his ankle, so you know that hurt. And I was wondering why I saw Bruno holding his mouth. I thought Dundee just slipped in a tater. No, because you know, I, I watched because he was still holding him. And I watched and I saw his, I rewound like three or four times. I saw his foot come up. I didn't see where he got him at, but then Bruno went down. So I was like, I'm wondering if he kicked him in the mouth. Because Bruno yeah, had this, Bruno was holding his mouth afterwards. Yeah, he had a, you know, kind of a look on his face. I don't know. Um, oh, crap. I didn't muscle spot. Oh, here it is. Uh, so, so we got a DQ to end fall one. Yeah, so they cut the break, go to Lance with Enzo card, uh, Jeff Jarrett with the plug. Uh, basically the same interview he gave Lance about spot, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> basically the same interview. Dundee comes in. Uh, with his racist promo. Yeah, plugs his match with uh, Shima and says he's going to um, do uh, some kind of slap to his nose. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he chops the J-bomb. The yeah, it's almost, and, yeah, and then then says he's not fond of Japanese. Yeah. I don't think they're all bad, but yeah. you are. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, which way are you? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, okay. And uh, <laughs> um, so then Lawler comes in, and uh, 
uh, plugs his match with Idol. Uh, talks about uh, Jarrett and Dundee having belts and he ain't got one. And uh, he says, people in Evansville talk to me and they uh, talk to me and he goes, I think they've gotten over the fact of my hair, of the hair, <laughs> I think they've gotten over the fact of the haircutting situation. I put no crap. Why would they, why they, why would they be? Why wouldn't they be over it? You've got a head full of hair and it's only been four weeks. Yeah, you got a trim. Yeah. Good job, Jerry. It's like, yeah, why would they why would they why would they give a crap because here you are four weeks later and you, your hair's your hair's about to flop come over the top of your ears. I was like, good grief. Um basically he says, um they ask him when he's gonna get his belt back and he says this Wednesday night and then he walks off. They come back to Lance and Dave, the desk. Oh, this is funny here. We get a, a quick plug to eat up some time. And to make Jerry Jarrett some money. And Jerry Lawler some money. They plug a, a VHS tape of called Mayhem in Memphis. It's the the match. Uh, it's the cage match with Lawler. This is the hair. It's the whole build up. Uh, the whole everything of it. And you can get it for the, the, the low, low price of $45.20. I put, yeah, I thought, that, I thought that was a really random price. The VHS used to be really expensive back in the day, right? Yeah, but good gosh. You could get what the uh, those uh, Lord of the Rings at a person illustrated of NWA Great American Bash for what like twenty five, right? So and they're but they're charging forty five twenty. I was like, what the crap? And I said, Lance is hard selling it, trying to put it over, trying to put it over why it's so high, saying it's a collector's item and all this and that. He's doing his best to try to to put it over and you know make it be worth the uh, forty five dollars. And my, my favorite line, you'll watch it a hundred times and show it to your friend two hundred. Yeah, I said he was hard selling, man, putting it over. <laughs> and, and let's be real, the, the tape that they invested in, I'm sure it wouldn't last a hundred plays. No, oh no, no. No, 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 what, that, that time period. 87, early 80s VHS, VHS, V8, oh gosh. VHS tapes were really good quality. But they're toward the 80s, especially the early 90s, man. They were just junk. Um, even the good quality, like the Sonys and the, what was it, BASF, and those, you know, they were still not as good. Anyway, so they go to the, uh, go back to Lance. He throws it to the ring for the second fall of the Dundee. Jarrett versus uh, Tanaka and Diamond. Dundee chases running out of the ring again at the very start. Patanak and Dundee start off again. We get a strut before anybody touches each other. Fourth strut of the day. So, uh, and then we get a fifth shortly after. We get some arm drags, punches. Dundee decides to rip off Dusty and throw bionic elbows. That's what I put. I said Dundee starts um, giving elbows. Bruno says, "Who says?" Uh, Bruno says, "What's up? What's up with the bionic elbows?" <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then, and then later he says something about uh, Dundee has never had an original thought in his life. Yeah, it's, uh, we get hip shake number hip shake number three, strut number five. Dun, uh, Bruno says Dundee is stealing his his monkey finger gimmick, his three finger monkey, his three finger monkey gimmick. I'm missing three finger three uh, monkey three. I don't know. It was monkey finger and three in there gimmick. Um, he says he, his funky strut, his funky strut, 
He said uh, Dundee doesn't have an original idea or original thought in his whole life. Um, let's see. They shine on Diamond some more. Dundee chases Bruno again. They start to hit on, on uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, now revolving door elbow drops. Yeah. Tonight and Diamond start doing revolving door elbow drops. Uh, do a couple false tags. Uh, a double team on, on Jarrett. Finally, Dundee just comes in. Uh, throws Calhoun. Starts punching him. Slung him. Yeah. Slung him out of the ring. Um, they're going to do a four-way. Uh, rough calls for the DQ. Um, so Diamond Todd get the win. Uh, they did the corner to corner train wreck. Hills powder out. Babies chase them back to the dressing room. And Dundee was strut number six of the day, and we cut to break. So we had a total of six struts and three hip shakes. That's ridiculous. And, and at no point did they help the heels. No, they, like, they buried them. He buried the heel. The top, the top heel uh, tag team that he buried them. It was ridiculous. There was no sense in that crap. It, you know, rough and ready, yeah. Clown around, strut and shake, all that goofy crap. You don't do it on your top your two your top hill tag team. No, not at all. That's you gotta draw crap. with them at some point. It's just ridiculous. And then and you know, they're in Diamond Chaka, they're not gonna, you know, stick up for themselves because I mean Dundee's part of the is booking it basically and what are they gonna do? They can't. They can't say nothing. It's ridiculous. You know? I know. Absolutely. You know, and I've always liked Dundee, but man, the last two weeks he's just been a he. He's trying to out prick Lawler, I guess. And, and that's the greatness of Dundee booking somewhere where he's not working or not working on top, like Mid South. Yes, exactly. He's a great booker when he doesn't have the option to push himself. Exactly. Yep, because man, all that it did, I said, it just it, it he worked some in Mid South, right? Like he did. Yeah, work he act, occasionally. He actually won with the TV title. He beat Adrian Street. Adrian Street was leaving the territory. He put it on him, but he took it right off. Not uh, too much later, but it was the. T I mean, is the TV title and whatnot? You know, what I'm saying. And, yeah. And I don't think he had it that much longer, but he took it off, put it on himself because I, th I think they said Street was leaving. But um, and then I don't think he had it too much longer. Yeah, he didn't push it. No, no, it, you know. But no, it, it, these last two weeks, he's just, it's like, who could be the bigger douchebag, him or Lawler, you know? Yeah. And it's like, y'all are the two top baby faces. What are you doing, you know? And, uh, yeah. And then we come back from break, and of course there's no fall three, because this is Memphis. Yep. Yeah, we've, we've got one, what, one third fall in six months? <laughs> yeah, and, and no decisions, man. Notice I finish, which I never expect them to do one. Oh, they're not going to because they're. I mean, at least he, he's not. He's unkilled them. I guess he don't want to totally bury them by making them. You know. At least he didn't pin them in one of the falls. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying he, he killed them, but at least he didn't completely just bury them to where they couldn't. You know, breathe under. You know, ten pounds of dirt. You know, um, by you know making them do a job. Uh, but he pretty much killed him everywhere else. Anyway, so they uh, come back. Yeah, there's no time. Lance uh, basically says they got what 80 seconds left. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dave uh, gives a rundown of the show. Then Lance signs off, and then the show closes out. And uh, I got a bunch of notes. You must start. Uh, we got about four uh, minutes. You may start real fast, or you got something uh, to say first? I'll let you go. Uh, ahead. I'll, I'll summarize mine real quick. All right. 
Um, super happy Phil Higgerson's here. He's super entertaining. Um, I, I love his stuff in the ring. You don't really get to see it as much on TV, but when you find some arena matches, man, Phil's good. Yeah. Uh, that whole abduction angle's strange and weird and drug too long. Yeah. Uh, Bill D and Jerry Lawler are pricks. Yeah. There you go. I'm All right. done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what I got is uh, pretty sure Chick Dom is gone from the from the company. Uh, but I think he, for, I got a feeling he still has one of those Southern title belts, and that's why they were wanting to bury him, but they didn't bury him all the way. I think he might have left one of the belts they're trying to get it back. I just kind of had a little feeling there. Um, Travis Starr got the music now, so I guess they're officially the babyface tag team. Um, let's see, what else? Um, Alan West seems to be gone from the promotion. Uh, we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, the second week of no mention of Goliath whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Goliath has just been roped off. Um, I'm saying it don't make sense unless they're doing it for a reason where maybe Goliath comes back in the storyline a little later so they're kind of kayfabe and keeping him out of the storyline to so when he comes back it has more meaning. I'm hoping that's why they're doing it because it wouldn't make sense not to even mention his name. Um, let's see. They're really using the AWA for their storylines uh, like they used to do with the... Um, uh, AWA champion always coming in. They would always work off uh, that storylines for the uh, Southern title. So they're actually using AWA, talking about people getting to go up there and defend their belts and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it seems like they're starting to really use AWA in their in their storyline bookings. Uh, yeah, and the and ESPN exposure too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's they're using all that the AWA to actually when they're booking their stuff here, they're using that as the prop like they used to do for the Southern title. You know, would always get when Bachman would come to town. So, you know, three months before that, you had, you know, Law or feuding with somebody for the Sun title to get that shot at Bachman when he comes in three months. You know, that's that whole storyline. Um, Mark Starr keeps popping up, no selling, straight out of the heat every, every week. Um, Paulie has pretty much been put on the back burner, and Bruno's moved been, has been uh, moved back up as being the top hill manager. Oh, gosh. Uh, Evansville card had no Rocky Johnson, no Rich, no Bucky Siegler. Uh, Mr. Hilo's gone. We know that. Uh, let's see. Oh, see, seeing Phil Hickerson, Tojo, and Lance together on this show reminds me of that, that classic picture of Tojo, Lance, and Phil racing go-karts kissing each other. Have you ever seen that picture? No. Oh, I'll post it. It's classic. That so when they said there's the, that was the first part popped in my head was that um the I got down the videotape really that's all I put on that uh, Dundee making the top hills look horrible talked about that um uh, basically uh, the overall okay show the big Bubba angle uh, they spent a lot of time on this so he must be getting ready for a super push but I don't see how they're gonna do that with Lawler Dundee and now Jeff Jarrett getting a big push. Uh, so I just don't see him will get a big singles push. Um, so maybe that's maybe Goliath is coming back. Who knows? Uh, overall, this was a good show. Philgerson stole the show, uh, definitely. Um, Absolutely. Um, next week is another studio show. I went and look. I looked and made sure it was. Um, so uh, you got anything else to add? No, no. I pretty much gave all mine. Um, Hey, reminder, we got t-shirts. If anybody wants a t-shirt, they're there. <laughs> ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Jeremiah Plunkett. There you go. 
Alright, like I said, it's a good show. Uh, I liked it. Some stuff I liked. Really, the Phil Gerson just made my day. Alright, we've got about five seconds. So, um, thanks everybody for listening. For Jeremiah Plunkett and Quick Carissa, hey, that's me. Thanks and God bless. Till next week. Bye-bye, everybody.